and welcome to Anthology Volume 14. I'm lucky to be joined in the studio by James. Hello, it's me everyone. Yeah, James is back. That's wonderful. We missed you last week. I'm sorry, I just couldn't make it. Things came up. Yeah, well, it was a weird little time period where we had to pre-record it as well. But there's a very exciting reason why we had to pre-record it, yes. which we're going to get into a little bit later. Um, what else has been going on, James, since the last time we saw you on Anthology? What else has been going on? I don't really know. I've just been filling in time until uni starts, Jake. That's a good way to live, isn't it? Yep. From trimester to trimester, just surviving. Yep. That's the way it goes for us university students sometimes. Well, it is wonderful to be back with a proper anthology this week after last week's uh, slightly shortened version. We've got quite a bit to talk about. I'm going to kick it off with theatre news as per usual. If you're down in Sydney, I firstly have to mention War Horse, and I'm going to do it every week because <laughs> War Horse was very, 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 very good. Um, wonderfully designed puppets, wonderfully designed lighting, um, truly a magnificent show. So get along and see it. It's made its way up from Melbourne, where I saw it, to Sydney, where it is currently at the Lyric Theatre in Darling Harbour until the 15th of March. Um, Definitely go see it. I highly recommend it. It's truly stunning uh, in every way. I don't think I've cried quite as much in a long time as during War Horse. It was just... Beautiful. Beautiful in every way. Yes. Um, we'll mention some other ones. Um, Romeo and Juliet looks like it's going to be a fairly interesting production. Now, it's at the Old Government House in Parramatta. Uh, it's only from the 20th to the 23rd of February, and it's basically an adaptation of the greatest love story ever told to 2019 with Egg Boy and Greta Thunberg and all those other things that happened in 2019. Remember 2019? I do. It was a weird year. It really is. And so far, 2020 is shaping up to be a weird one. 2020 is, it has been a roller coaster ride already. It has. It's just been off the rails and it's only February. I'm, I'm a little scared, honestly, because normally it like it, it hypes up through the year. I'm a little worried that we might be on a bit of, in for a bit of a ride here. Um, but yeah, so Romeo and Juliet, interesting concept to adapt it for very modern times indeed, 2019, uh, down at the Old Government House in Parramatta from the 20th to the 23rd of February. From the 25th until the 28th at the Seymour Centre, uh, which is in Darlington, they have Hot Brown Honey, which is a stereotype crushing alt cabaret concoction starring First Nation friends from a variety of backgrounds. It had a hit opera house season and an international tour. It's returning to Sydney at the Seymour Centre from February 25 to 28. So it sounds like it. that will be a wonderful show as well. I'm loving the promotional image that I'm getting right here. It's going to be excellent. February 22, Jason Alexander is at the State Theatre. Um, so go and check that out. He, of course, is uh, the actor who played George Costanza on Seinfeld. Who? Wow. Okay, you're fired again. Again? I, that's, you don't know who George Costanza... I can understand not knowing Jason Alexander by name, but you don't know at least the show Seinfeld. I've heard of it. You, do you know what Seinfeld was? Isn't he a comedian? Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld is the titular comedian, yes. But there that's was, all I know. There was a TV show Seinfeld... And probably, I would say, even more iconic a character than Seinfeld was George Costanza. Just look up George Costanza when you get home because... I'll look him up now. He's very funny. 
Um, well, yes, Jason Alexander is at the State Theatre on February 22, so go and check that out. Uh, there's plenty of other things going on as well. You're tapping very loudly into the microphone oh, as well. Oh, that guy. I've seen him in memes. <laughs> you are such a millennial. You are... <laughs> I know. I missed being a millennial by one year. I think... I checked. I think you're officially a millennial. I think just by the culture that you live in, you're a millennial. No, but then... If you know George Costanza, not from Seinfeld, but from memes, you're officially a millennial. Because mm. you, can't, you can't claim to be the generation before. No, the I'm, I'm the generation thing. after by one year. The generation after by one yeah, year? Yeah, I checked. What generation's in between? Because millennials are Gen Y. Yeah, Gen Z. Gen- millennials were finished being born in 95. You and I, I are both Gen, Gen Z. Z. I thought I was... Oh, okay. Whatever. Congratulations. Um, never, never, <laughs> never a topic of conversation that has really concerned me in the slightest. Um, let's go down to Melbourne. Uh, we, we've had enough of you, Sydney, for for now. Uh, Melbourne, you've got all the usual stuff going on. Remember, Chicago is closing very soon. It closes on February 23. It's on at the Arts Centre uh, down in South Bank. Uh, so check that out because it is, I've heard, a rather good production of, of course, an absolutely classic musical. Shrek the Musicals on its way to Her Majesty's Theatre, all that usual musical stuff going on. My um, sister said it was very good. Uh, Chicago? No, Shrek the Musical. Shrek the Musical, She saw okay. it in Sydney, I think? Yeah, yeah, it was at the Lyric Theatre very yeah, recently. She said it was really good. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's probably pretty good. I've seen a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff of like their makeup and, and that sort of thing, Yeah. Um, for, particularly for Shrek. I, I'm thoroughly... Colour me impressed. Um... <laughs> I'm thoroughly impressed by that. Um, What else is going on in Melbourne? At the Arts Centre, you have Black Ties. Uh, It's the work between Ilbajeri Theatre Company and the Terahia Theatre Company. So it's a combination of an Indigenous and a New Zealand Maori theatre company who've put together this show, which is all about the coming together of First Nations cultures and communities. So uh, it's at the Arts Centre from February 21 to 29 there's a February 29 this year. There is. Ooh. That means there's an Olympics this year as well. Yes. But that's a long time in the future. I, I can't remember when it is. It's, it's sometime this year. It's late July, early August. That's not that far away. We're already pretty much at the end of February. Jesus, that's scary. It is. Uh, What's happened to the year, Jake? I, it's Time is flying towards an inevitable end. Imagine I, how quickly <laughs> we'll get to the end of this decade. You'll be 30. Oh, Jesus. I, I, I'm i too young to be 30. Every, <laughs> every 90s kid turns 30 this decade. Actually, end of, the, break it to you. end of this decade, I'll be 31, 31, 32. Oh, like sweet summer child. I'll be turning 32. <laughs> um, Home, I'm Darling is on at the South Bank Theatre until February 29. Um, it's a it's an interesting one. I've seen a lot of adver- advertisements for it while I was down in Melbourne recently, so that's one probably to check out. The Great Australian Play is on at the Theatre Works in St Kilda from February 19, which is tomorrow, until February 29, done by Patrick White Award-winning playwright Kim Ho. Uh, and lots more. Double Delicious is touring around the place. Uh, I've just got a thing here that says multiple venues, which is very helpful when you're running a radio show that's it supposed really to be giving people is. details. Thank you for telling me there's multiple venues. Unfortunately, li- dear listeners, I can't tell you what any of those venues are. Um, February 19 till March 1. I- I'm sure there's a website you can check out if that catches your fancy. Look, it's Melbourne. I could go on forever about all the things that you can go to. Uh, the website that I use in particular just to get an 
overview, um, because I realize sometimes my overview is very general and not very helpful, uh, is timeout.com. If you go to timeout.com forward slash either Sydney or Melbourne forward slash theater, um, you get a, a proper list of like the months um, that the, the main article on that page is, is a list of like the plays or musicals or anything going on that month. So um, go and check that out if you're interested in any and I haven't given you enough information because it's just hard to get all the information in one place. But um, Armadale, Spring Awakening, we're going to be talking a lot about that because I've seen it. James has not seen it. I'm hoping to. Um, I'm going to shame him for not seeing it and we're going to... There's still time. We're going to talk about um, was it good? Was it bad? What do we think of it? And should you get your tickets to the four shows that remain? Hint, the answer is yes, you should. And the way to do that is going to littlefishentertainment.com or if I can remember the try booking link off the top of my head, trybooking.com forward slash B-E-V-T-C, I believe is it. I might be wrong, so maybe just go to Littlefish Entertainment. That doesn't Entertainment. sound like what I remember reading a couple of weeks ago. Go to <laughs> littlefishentertainment.com anyway, and you can follow the links from there. It's uh, pretty easy to do. Um, what else is going on? March will be Favourite Shorts. Um, that'll be one to get along to as well. You can get your tickets at the door for that. It'll be 15 bucks at the door at the Taz Memorial Hall. James, you should know the dates. No. James doesn't even know the dates for his own show. I don't know, man. March 20... That's next month. 20... <laughs> I don't have to know it yet. <laughs> 20 and... 19 and 20... I, look it up on adms.org.au. I, the poster's on the other side of the room. I'll... James, pass me the poster. I left the favourite shorts poster over there. Yeah, thank you. It, you dropped it. You dropped it. It is on March 20th and 21st and March 27th and 28th at 8pm at the Taz Memorial Hall. There's a separate program each week, so go twice if you possibly can. Tickets are 15 bucks at the door. Go in the second week to see a play I wrote. There you go. Go in the second week to see a play James wrote. I didn't write any this year. Although your ones were very good last year. Oh, thank you. I just got a random I, I, delect, on I directed one of them. Yes, you did. Um, so that's a general overview. Oh, She Kills Monsters is the other one we've been talking about. Coming up in March, uh, tickets are on sale for that one as well. It's at the Capitol Theatre in Tamworth. I believe they, uh, from memory, talking to the director a couple of weeks ago, they are doing a show in Canada in early March as well. So if that's your um, locale, then you can probably head along to that too. Um so you can get your tickets by going through the links on their Facebook page. Just look up She Kills Monsters or Tamworth Dramatic Society. All right. I think we've covered it. I think we have. It's we've a, done a very good job of it too, if I may say. Oh, look, I pride myself on my theatre news segments. They're very good. Yeah. They're normally very uninformative because I just mention things that are happening and vaguely give dates and venues. Well, it gives people something to Google if they want to go see something. Yeah. So if you, they've got some idea. If you hear something and you want to go to it, Google it because it's a lot of effort to put together try booking links and ticket places to get them and how much they cost and all yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, you'll need to pay us more if you want us to do that. Yeah. Please do pay us Accepting more. sponsorships now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is Anthology Volume 14, and we're going to play a song from a musical. This is from the musical Merrily We Roll Along. And this is the song It's a Hit on 106.9 Tune FM. Listen to that. Will you listen to that? Do you know what that means? Let me tell you what that means. Wait, no, anyone who even thinks it, don't say it, you'll jinx it. 
listen to that? Did you listen to that? Does that make you feel proud? Well, feel more than just proud. Okay, wait, I'll tempt fate and I'll state it out loud. That's the sound of a hit. It's a hit, gang. I think this is it. No more writing clever little shows for those basement saloons. No more proclamations from the pros that you can't hum the tunes. No more sneaking in at intermission to the plays you wish you could afford. Or producers having you audition whenever they're bored. Which will say right away as you play the first chord. Boys, boys, it's very, what is the word, interesting. And if I had even the slightest belief any audiences would come, I would do it in a minute. Next! We're a hit, we're a hit, you're a hit, you should quit. No more coaching those sopranos with voices like bees. No more secondhand pianos with six broken keys. No more agents giving you opinions as they turn you over to their minions. Just, Just for these guarantees, we should please thank the Lord. It's a hit, it's a hit. Will my folks have a fit after all of that baloney they made? All that honey, not that he's a phony, but what does he do? Will their faces be stony when they see on their Sony someone handing the phony the Tony Award? I would like to begin by thanking all the hundreds of people who have turned down every show that I have ever written so that I could win tonight for this one. Thank you. Listen to that. Will you listen to that? Tell me, is that a noise or is that a noise? That is the noise I've been waiting the whole of my life to hear. Listen to that. Listen to that. Will you listen to that? Honey, is that a noise or is that a noise? That is the loudest noise for a breadwinning wife to hear. Listen to that. That's obscene. Listen to that. That is a noise that is really a lie. It's the theater and we're really in it, not just on the edge. If your spirits ever need improving, you can drop it any night for free. But the thing that's positively moving, you could have fooled me, is we're still old friends. Nothing can kill old friends where there's a will. Old friends don't need success to survive. And us old friends, what's to discover? That was It's a Hit from Merrily We Roll Along. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM's Anthology. Now, as you will remember, Volume 13 was a bit of a disappointment. (laughs) 
I don't remember. Not, I wasn't here. Not really. I mean, we had some cool interviews. We had we had some some stuff like that. I mean, well, but of course, it was a disappointment. I wasn't here, Jake. Oh, that that was the main disappointment. The other disappointment was that it was less than an hour long. That um, is a bit sad, isn't it? That is a bit sad. But I pulled together what I could in the space that I had to record it. And the reason that I recorded it was that, um, and I'm allowed to tell you this now that it's over. We were lucky enough to be invited along to a preview showing of uh, Spring Awakening, or at least a part of Spring Awakening. And then I went and saw the full show on uh, opening night on Thursday. You were meant to take me as your plus one to that. Yeah, well, get wrecked. Um, it was rude. You didn't get invited as my plus one. Um, it was very, very rude of you, Jake. Yep, well, that's I the way... I was here for the interview. I was helpful, damn it. Yep, well, uh, that's what you get for being helpful. Um, All right, I'm going to be less helpful. Let's with some noise. <laughs> can't even find a good noise anymore. Yeah. I, the pens? I, oh, I found the pens. I deliberately keep the noisy things out of your reach. That is very rude of you. I don't appreciate it. Well, anyway, you I'm haven't been you haven't been to see Spring Awakening yet, have you? No. Well, I'm going to dedicate this segment to convincing you. Okay. The first thing I have to say about Spring Awakening is how intriguing the space is. Did you go to Chicago? Yes. Do you remember how uh, that was kind of a cabaret style yeah, space. it was a lovely setup. It was a lovely little setup. Completely different. Okay. Everything about it, out the window, start from scratch. Aside from maybe the fact that, like, the bar's in the same place. That's about the only, the only okay. similarity. Completely different aesthetic, completely different use of the space, um, completely different seating plan because it's tiered seating rather than uh, cabaret-style seating. Um, so immediately walking in, very different aesthetic, very different feel, um, to Spring Awakening as compared to Chicago. It's it's particularly easy to compare as well because they're using such a unique space in the pavilion at the showground. It's, um, it's rather interesting the way they've done that both times around. Um, the way this is staged is marvelous. I'm a big fan of uh, minimal staging, um, minimal but effective. Um, so when someone doesn't feel they need to build a big elaborate set, but still adds enough elements and enough int intriguing elements to make it appealing to the eye. And I won't spoil certain things, but Spring Awakening does enough that it continues to surprise you in terms of the, uh, the lighting, the set, the, um, the use of the space. And it's very, very, very visually appealing. There are some wonderfully visual moments that are truly magnificently staged um, in terms of the use of the actors, in terms of the use of the stage, the lighting, the sound, it's all um, quite wonderfully done. If you don't know Spring Awakening and you missed our show where we were fortunate enough to have some of the cast and crew on to talk a little bit about Spring Awakening, it's, I don't want to say uh, controversial. Well, it was controversial. Um, Wasn't it banned? It was banned initially. the the original um, the original rendition, I suppose, the original edition that was written back in eighteen can't remember the year off the top of my head, late eighteen hundreds, um, was banned for references to essentially what's what's in the, the play, um, things like teen sex and masturbation and that sort of thing. Because the the theme of the the theme of the show is um, essentially about teen sex education and the the fact that sex is such a taboo topic um, 
that we we actually kind of betray puberty and sex and all that sort of stuff is is a conversation we need to be having and we actually kind of betray our teens by not having that conversation and um, that's what it focuses on and obviously in the late 1800s that's not a conversation that society was really ready to have but it was revived as a musical in 2006 um, this is the what you're seeing on stage today um, this this musical version um, some of the songs are wonderful I am a big 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 fan of particularly I've added two of the songs to my playlist which just uh, before you say, oh, so there's only two good songs, little footnote, I put musical songs in my playlist, but I only have one playlist. So I try to limit the amount of musicals that go in there because otherwise it's all show over the, It's all over the place from being like show tunes to suddenly, oh, now it's Eminem or Green Day. Um, so I try and make the show tunes pretty rare. Have they you would, considered making a second playlist for the show tunes? See, I wouldn't be able to choose then when I played it, do I want normal music or do I want show tunes? I can't choose. Hmm. And I quite often, I, I, I'd rather have like a little Easter egg of a show tune that pops up every couple of hours rather than um, have to choose just show tunes or no show tunes at all. But anyway, two of the songs have made it into my playlist. Um, one of them, I will not say the name on the air. The other one oh. um, is... Uh, well, it's actually combined in two to two songs in the in the album, but the song that I picked it for was "Don't I Don't Do Sadness," um, which I thought was beautifully done by Cal Hunter. If he's listening, by the way, I was blown away by that particular scene. He does have a good singing. He voice, has an amazing he? singing voice. That's another thing that I need to say. I'm kind of rambling into all of the different things I have to compliment at this point. Um, so I probably didn't really make whatever point I was just making before, but the singing voices of every single member of the cast is astounding. It's quite frequent, particularly somewhere in like Armadale, um, that you'll have, say, uh, in in let's say let's take Spamalot for example. Yeah. Um, you had some very strong voices at the leads. Yeah. You had some leads, even arguably, and I'm not going to disparaged them in any way who had slightly not quite as strong voices as some of the other leads and then as you tend to get voices who are definitely not quite there and that's not disparaging them in any way singing is a very particular talent quite often their 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 strengths are elsewhere and that's just the nature of community theater no matter where you go that's that's going to be the nature of community theater is that you'll get um you'll get people who are strong at singing you get people who are strong at other things, and part of a community musical's role is to find roles for those people as well. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the beauty of it. With Little Fish, what I've been blown away by every time is that from the leads of this musical to those who are playing rather transformative minor character roles, gorgeous singing voices. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, we knew about Amy Roth. Yeah. Um, in the lead, we knew about Duncan Carmichael. Um, we knew about Cal Hunter. But right through this cast, there are solo songs for each, for most of the um, most of most of the actors. If they don't have a solo song, they have at least like a a song where they're singing in a smaller group, and each one has a voice that shines um, at a particular moment, and it's truly astonishing the the depth in this cast is 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 very 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 good um 
I'll go back to the themes for a second. As we said, it's it's it was contra- I'd say controversial. Actually, is a fair word reflecting on it. Con- it's been controversial um, because it's very explicit in the way it deals with themes. It's got a point to make, and it just makes that point. Um, and there's there's things on stage depicted that you know maybe we're not really comfortable thinking about all the time, but the way in this particular production that those themes were handled. I would agree with what they said when they were on the show in that it was not ever this happens and it's meant to it's it's going to shock and offend you. Um it was never comfortable but it was you know something that that happened and you considered it in the in the broader picture because it wasn't an in your face offensive kind of moment. It was beautifully done. I won't mention those particular things but they're they're beautiful ways of dealing with what are some very disturbing at times themes um look generally i have to say what little fish has done with their two major productions over the last two years um has been create experiences rather than just a piece of theater um there's a tendency i know among almost any theater group really to be like, okay, we put on our play. We put on a musical. We're going to do it in the same venue. We're just going to put it on the stage. Um, same kind of routine. The front of house is always the same. It's very repetitive. Um, and there's nothing Not wrong with... names. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but there's something extra special about every time you go to a Little Fish production, and I know there's only been two, but every single time you go, you're not going just to back for another year at the showground pavilion for whatever they're doing this time around the merry-go-round that is musical theatre. They're, you know, Chicago, you rolled up and you were in a 1920s cabaret bar. Yes. That was that was where you were. That was, that was the experience. This time, you roll up and you're in this very lovely decor um i'm i can't quite yet put words to exactly the kind of style it was um i'm not very good with interior design that kind of style so i i don't know precisely but it's very very different is my point it's it's a very different experience um and it's a beautiful musical a wonderful choice of musical i would say for the cast that they had for the ideas that they had they clearly um, Sarah clearly chose this musical and, and Melissa and everyone else involved clearly chose this musical because they wanted to put that on in a way that was was really important to them. It wasn't choosing a musical for the sake of what do we do now that we've done Chicago. It's what It wasn't what's next on our calendar. It was we want to do Spring Awakening and we want to do it this way we want to we want to bring our own little touch to that and that's what that's part of what's what's so important in creating theater is that you're not just pumping something out it's it, it's another experience another thing that you've produced um and put a whole lot of passion into and the passion really shows in this project um shout outs as well okay i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a little bit of a story about um the vip event to the opening night um and I, I hope I don't get yelled at for saying this. Um, my shout out is going to Amy Scholl, who was running the uh, sound desk and was also like the, the production manager and stuff yep. backstage as well. 
On the VIP night, now it wasn't a big issue, but on the VIP night, the one thing that we went away with, besides, I really like the look of this, I need to see the full show, was they struggled a little bit sometimes with microphone levels. And it was not big, it wasn't a big issue, but it was like, oh, sometimes I just couldn't quite hear the microphone over the music. Or sometimes there was a little bit of disturbance just popped in there for a second. By Thursday, that was on Tuesday night where they did that preview event. By Thursday, I didn't hear one bit of disturbance. Yep. Every word was clear. Yep. Every mic was functioning perfectly. I've, I've just got to give massive props to, I'm sure it goes right across the Little Fish team because I know most of them and I know the way Little Fish functions and they're, I'm sure that they're like this across the board. But the fact that in two days, um, you know, obviously a few slip ups were made. It's a preview. That's what it's for. Yep. Um, and in two days, that was turned around and on top of. Yep. That's marvelous. That's to me. That's indicative of a really professional production. That yep. you can go. Ah, well, previews. This happened. This happened. This happened. In t- in a two day turnaround, you can be like. That's fine. Not going to do that again. Not going to make the same mistake. Not going to. I know that I need to be more prepared to turn this mic up. I know that if I turn that mic up at that time, it'll get a bit of feedback. Yep. I I was truly staggered that by opening night they'd um, they'd totally wrapped that up and that really t- wrapped it up in a bow for me. That the one thing that I'd walked away with from the previews, like it was all brilliant. Here's the one little thing. And that one little thing was wrapped up in a neat bow by the time I came back two days later. That's just... It's impressive. It's very impressive. And it's something I've got to give shout outs to all of them for. If you haven't seen Spring Awakening yet, it's probably, I would say, one of the best quality productions you're going to see in Armadale in a long, long time. Uh, both in terms of the choice of musical, what they've managed to do with the musical, um, the choices that they've made, the space that they've put together, the experience that they've put together. And as we've just mentioned, the quality and dedication of everyone on the team to their role in creating this experience right across the board from the leads and the cast to the director to those doing their jobs backstage to the band to everybody. Um, So get your tickets. There's only four shows left um, from memory. One of them, the first of those is tomorrow night. Then they have Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. All at 8 p.m. at the Pavilion at the Armadale Showground. You can get your tickets if you go to littlefishentertainment.com and follow the links to book your tickets. And if you're a UNE student, send us a message here at Tune. We'll send you a discount code. Yes, there is a discount code that does exist. So send us a message and we'll send it to you. Yes. Also, um, from what I have last heard, tickets are pretty much on the verge of selling out. So don't do the Armadale thing and decide that you're free on Thursday and then book your tickets. If you want to see this show, get online now, right now as we're speaking, because you don't want to miss this. It's an incredible show. We are going to come back to Spring Awakening a little bit later and talk a little bit more about it. But for now, We are going to go to a song, and when we get back, we're going to be talking about a couple of movies. Yes. Yes. We love talking about movies here as well. Uh, You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is Anthology Volume 14, and this is Funky Crime by the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
Funky Crime by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're listening to Anthology Volume 14 on 106.9 Tune FM. James, did you watch a movie this week? I did, yes. Yes. Well, watched many, I'm sure, going home and eating. I, I, I spend most of my evenings these days going home and drinking tea and watching Netflix. So <laughs> seen many movies this week. But did you watch one that you want to review for us? Well, I'm currently torn because there are two movies I could review. You could review both if you wanted to. But I reviewed both in my first week. But you can review both this week. I'll just fit mine in there somewhere. All right. Well, You've I'm going to start with um, the one I watched most recently. It's mm. called Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Ah, now I have seen this movie. It is very good. Yes. Um, I quite enjoy it. It's a prequel to Snatch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I don't remember a huge amount. I was a bit drunk when I watched this one. <laughs> so the review for this one doesn't really count. I've got a better review coming up after. Why did you even want to review this one then? Because it's a good movie and people should watch it. You should watch Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, I need to look up. The, I need to look up the cast before I can make this point because I've forgotten his name. But continue. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, cast is a standout. I can't remember their names. There's another guy, Richie movie. Um, I enjoy his movies. Yes, did you find what you were looking for? Vinnie Jones. Uh, he plays Big Chris. Yep. Uh, he is an ex-football player. Really? Uh, yes, he used to play um, soccer in England, and he was known for being quite an aggressive and violent player, as in deliberate fouls, quite aggressive conduct on the pitch, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, he went on to become an actor, and that's probably his most famous role, is Big Chris in Lock, Stock and Two, Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a lot of fun. I, I do like Guy Ritchie movies, how they all tend to be very connected with the rest of them. Like, when you're going through the story, everything's connected. Mm. Really nicely. It's a really satisfying watch. I had to work my way into Guy Ritchie because the first Guy Ritchie film I ever saw, I hadn't seen Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels because they were probably a little bit mature for me um, for a while. So I didn't see them until after I'd left home. Um, the first one that I saw was like that King Arthur movie that he did that one time. I haven't seen that one. I went and saw it in cinemas and it was pretty poor. 
It was really bad. Um, and I, so after that, I kind of had to settle into Guy Ritchie's style a little bit because I, I just didn't quite – it didn't quite work in that. I like his crime movies more than his he's, other ones. Yeah. He stands out with his crime movies. His crime stuff is really magnificent, yeah. Yeah. All right, what are you reviewing this week? I saw uh, today, actually, Birds of Prey. Ooh, I haven't um, seen that one. Well, yes, it is the new DC movie. Um starring in particular Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, it's, I've got to say, it's been a long, 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 long time since I've come out of a DC movie and enjoyed it this much. Really? Yes. I Look, I, I'm i not necessarily saying this is the not quality. Not counting the Joker? Uh, yeah, not counting Joker. Because okay. this, this is part of the DC extended universe. Yeah. Um, I'd say this is the first time I've come out of a DC movie and been I, I enjoyed that. Enjoyment, enjoyability, actually, it's up there with some of the ones I've enjoyed the most in really? terms of, um, of of movie quality. It was really interesting um, the way they did it. The one criticism I would probably say is that I went in expecting a Birds of Prey movie, um, the Birds of Prey being a, an all-female kind of hero cross anti-hero um, group, which was really... I, I was expecting a little bit more of the other characters. It became a little bit too much of a standalone Harley Quinn movie. Okay. Um, which, not a bad thing, because we've come to love um, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn a little bit. Um, it's probably the one good thing that came out of Suicide Squad. Um, so We don't talk about Jared Leto's Joker. No. Luckily, he's <laughs> not in it. He's only referenced. Um, so, yes, it, it features Margot Robbie as... Um, of course, uh, Harley Quinn. I just need to fact check myself on this because he did look a little bit different and I just want to make sure I'm not just thinking it looked like him. Um, no, it was Ewan McGregor as Black Mask um, yeah. and he was superb. Um, he usually is. Oh, yes. I really like his stuff. Oh, it was he was he was marvellous. He had an American accent too this time really? around. Really? Um, which was very interesting. Ewan McGregor with an American accent. But... Um, this film was really it was it was good across the board. It was MA rated, um, yeah. so a bit of a change of I guess, kind of fully embracing for the first time that kind of dark thing that they've been going for with particularly with the Joker and with Harley Quinn. Yeah, they really wanted that kind of dark, grungy, almost goth or like punk. If they could commit to that, I think their universe would be a lot better. Well, yeah, they kind of half did it. It was very half baked in Suicide Squad, and I think part of the reason for that was that it was. Uh, in American terms, PG rated, um, that it was, you, you could only go halfway there. You could only allude to actually what kind of things you were talking about. This time around, it, it was MA rated. You get the, you get a, a lot more of the sense of what they were kind of going for. Um, I've got to say, it's like the pulp fiction of superhero movies, this one. Really? Because it, it's told in a nonlinear fashion, um, kind of bounces back and forth a little bit, the storytelling. Um, very interesting and intriguing filming, filmic like techniques. Um, a lot of use of, cause it's, it's framed with Harley Quinn telling the story um, as the narrator. So you kind of get that, um, that sense of like the, the unreliable narrator, the whole, um, the title cards coming up on the screen in very interesting ways, the way each character is introduced, that sort of thing. There's a lot of, of comedy. I, I've, I really came to like Margot Robbie's uh, comedic style in it. 
I generally, I, I think this movie has affirmed the fact that I do, in fact, like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, it was very hard to say for sure because after Suicide Squad, it was hard to like very much about what the DC Extended Universe was doing. It. I still haven't watched it's it was it was very hard to like anything about that movie and you kind of went away going will smith was okay and margot robbie was i don't want to say good but like maybe the most passable thing in the movie and i think seeing birds of prey you're kind of like okay yeah i i can definitely say that i like her harley quinn okay um but it i think it was a movie that i needed to see right now as well um it's interesting. I'm not quite sure, and I don't think I'm going to try to interpret it from the feminist perspective that it tried to go down, because it was a little bit more interesting with it being, in some cases, very flawed and villainous characters, um, and a lot of really uh, kind of grungy and aggressive kind of themes. It was a little bit hard to interpret some of the themes as are they showing this for positive or negative reasons and i don't think it's my place particularly the director is female so look at the end of the day not my place but um so i i had thought that maybe i would go in and and consider that a little bit i didn't come out with much of an opinion on that but um generally the way it explores harley quinn's insanity is i think the more um clever part of it i really needed to see that it's it's all framed with her um as as her doing all this stuff after breaking up with the joker so yeah. kind of going through her her grief of breaking up with the joker and it all dominoes into this this absolutely insane sequence of events but um yeah look overall absolutely marvelous um film well, I, I still think it's probably a little mediocre if you were going to say that DC is trying to compete with Marvel. It would not be one of the strongest Marvel movies. It would be around, I'd say, around a Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Kind of middle of the range in terms of Marvel movies. But the first DC Extended Universe movie where I've got come out of that film and gone, I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, go along and see it. It's uh, got a good soundtrack. Visually, it's quite appealing. Um, I, I like the way it's told in a nonlinear fashion. Characters are good. Ewan McGregor's wonderful. Um, Huntress is a uh, might be my new favorite character. Um, I, I love it. Um, and a little bit of um, it's never explicitly referenced, but autistic slash Asperger's representation in the DC universe. Okay. Never explicitly referenced, but definitely y- you'll, you'll know what I mean. Yep. Um, so yes. And, and of course the, as, as it has been public knowledge for a while, um, bisexual representation as well, no. which again, was not very explicitly referenced. In fact, probably goes even more under the radar than the autistic slash Asperger's kind of element. Mm. But yes, um, there is a, a bisexual representation as well. Okay. Continuing on to your movie, James. Okay, The Gentleman. It's another Guy Ritchie movie. I've got a theme this week. Wow. Um, yep, directed by, written by, all that good stuff. He does um, that. He does. Um, I'm going to start off and say, 
The story is a bit interesting. It, it starts off as a conversation between two characters, um, Charlie Hunnam's character Ray and Hugh Grant's character Fletcher. This movie's got a great cast, by the way. It sounds like it. So it's got Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant, a bunch of other people and names I recognise. I'm not going to read them all out just for time. Yeah, it starts off with a conversation where it's more like Hugh Grant's conversation is suggesting the events that happened um, based on the fact that he is a private investigator investigating what's going on with this criminal organization. I'm not going to go into spoilers, but it is obvious from the trailers that it is a criminal organization, so I can get away with it. Um, it's got some really funny moments. Um, one of the standouts, which was also in a trailer, I'm keeping to the trailers for the moments I'm picking out, was, um, I've forgotten his name, Hugh Grant coming out of the bathroom and there's two blokes just carrying a body across and he turns around and says, forgot to wash my hands and just walks back into the bathroom when he's meant to be a private investigator investigating what's going on here. Um, it's really funny in spots. Um, let me think. Um, Colin Farrell's character's really good. Um, unlike um, Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, this isn't connected with the events of Snatch in any way. Um, it's refreshingly different, although I do like Snatch and Lock, Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, it's just a really good movie. It's a lot of fun to go see. It's got a very satisfying ending. Hmm. Um, I'd give it, I don't know, eight stars out of ten. I was getting, I thought you were going out of five. And I no, was no, like, no, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> I was like, usually if it starts, it's out of five. I was like, no, it's eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay. Just um, a really fun movie. I'm going to go ahead and give Birds of Prey a 7 out of 10. Yep. Lock, Stock and Smoky Barrels, I'd give it like a 7, 7 and a half. Mm. It was a good movie too. Nice. Nice. Well, you've heard about some movies. It's time for a movie-related song here on Anthology Volume 14. When we get back, we're going to be talking with Ben about the Book of Mormon. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is I've Seen That Movie Too by Elton John.
I've seen that movie too by Elton John. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. We're lucky to be joined in the studio now by Ben. Yes. Yes. Hello. We're very blessed by your presence. Ben recently saw a wonderful show called The Book of Mormon. I've yes. seen that one. I have seen that one too. I want to hear what Ben thought of it though. Yes. I was... Ex- so The Book of Mormon was written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yes. And I was expecting a little bit of subversion. I got a lot of subversion. It's it's different to their normal stuff in a lot of ways. Is it? It is. Is it it's, really? It's a little more it takes a different direction. I think a lot of their a lot of their humor in like South Park and that sort of thing is almost shock for the pure sake of shock. And I would say, with the exception of maybe the song Hasadiga Ibawai, there's not a lot of just shock factor in Book of Mormon. It's slightly more nuanced comedy. Um yeah, I would say that. I would also say that, you know, the um the frog and everything else that goes along with that. Yeah. Is I think it's it's nuanced, but it's still shocking mm. to some extent. And keep in mind that when I went to this thing, I'd never I'd never seen it. I'd listened to probably one song from it before I saw it and um I was wearing a super long line almost looking like a priest suit oh no (laughs) it's the last kind of person you want to be in a book of mormon showing (laughs) so you know it was definitely an experience (laughs) what did you think of like the the lighting and the the choreography and it was it was amazing there was um i think one of the one of the numbers that they did they pulled out like sequin outfits Uh, for all the mormons and i was just like I didn't notice that beforehand, but it was just exceptional the way that they pulled that whole scene together. Turn It Off is a good song. Mm. It is. I might have to find the the Book of Mormon album and see if we can get away with playing with that playing that one. We can. Um, I'll allow it. T- turn It Off? <laughs> Do you reckon? No, yeah. I don't think we'd get away no, with it. No, we, turn we it can off. get away with that one. Actually, we have played Turn It Off we on have. here before. We can we? definitely get away with it because we've done it before. We've gotten away with Turn It Off before. It's after 8 o'clock. Absolutely. It literally just ticked over 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> so uh, so you saw it in Brisbane. Yeah. Correct. Um, do you, uh, I'm trying to remember who you would have had as cast because I, I know you're not 100% a theatre person. You might not remember off the top of your head. I do not. Um, let me look it up now. Book of Mormon, Brisbane. In the meantime, let's keep the audience entertained. Um, do you have a favourite song? Um, anything by Tones and I is good. I, I mean, I mean the songs from Book of Mormon. Oh, um, turn it off. Turn it off. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's. I, I predicted that one, Jake. I think we could have. I think we could have predicted well, that one. Well, you can't pit, You can't really play my favourite song, so. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oofed. Um. Do do do. I can't find. QPAC's website is awful. Um, I can't find the cast. I'm sorry. Oh, maybe to be on the Book of Mormon's webpage. Um, go and check out the Book of Mormon. It's yep. been around for a while. It has. Um, where is it going next? It's going to New Zealand next, so it's finally leaving Australia. Not that I wanted it to leave Australia, but goodness gracious, it's been around for a long time. So if you don't see it soon, you'll have to fly to New Zealand. Uh, if you don't see it before the 14th of March... Oh, that's um, not that soon. It's like a month. 
Yeah, before the 14th of March, you will uh, have to... Yeah, I think I went to the first or second showing that they did um, in Brisbane. Hang so on. It just started up again. Ah, I might be wrong. I might have... It might be already gone. Book of Mormon, because I'm currently on the Auckland page, and I've just realized that it's starting there in March. So they might already be gone from Brisbane. You might have missed it. Fly to New Zealand instead. Absolutely. Um, or go for a swim. It's it's quite it's also quite a here it's going show. to be in England at some point soon too. That yeah, I believe it is. Um, we've got Ben over there in England at the moment. He's going to be back by this time next week. So hopefully we can hopefully he won't be too exhausted and we can um, get him on the show to talk a little bit about the things that he's been doing because he's been over in Britain yep. and France, um, and I believe he did go and see at least one show. I believe mm. he was going and planning on seeing Wicked on the West End. So um, that'll be good to hear from him. But overall, give us a score out of 10 for the Book of Mormon, Ben. Oh, look, it it has to be up there in like 8.5. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon 8.5 is a fair fair go. I was pretty high up though, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a solid show. I, I really enjoyed it when I saw it. I saw it in Sydney. So did you, James? I saw it in Sydney, yeah. Had... I was up on the higher level, but I had really good seats on the higher level. And the whole Lyric Theatre is just set out really nicely for views. I've never had a bad seat in the Lyric Theatre. Yeah. I've been um, on the bottom floor. I've been in the in the tiered seating. It's, yeah, it's there's no bad this bad seats there. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty lucky with seats I've gotten in theatres, actually. I think the worst one I've had was for Warhorse at the Regent Theatre in Melbourne. And even that was just, you know the ever so slightest restricted view but Mm -hmm. mm. all right so go and check out the book of mormon if you happen to be in new zealand um because it's opening in auckland in march uh tickets are selling fast it looks like it's only got like a two-week run which is really stunning um yeah i'm not quite sure what they're going for with that um but you know, oh no, it's got it's got a couple. You just can't book that far ahead, apparently. But it's got it's there for three or four weeks. So uh, check it out in Auckland if you're over there and you're listening to us from Kiwi Land. Um, the Book of Mormon is a musical you want to check out. If you're over here in Australia and you want a musical to check out, um, right now Shrek the Musical's on in Melbourne. Uh, I thought it was in Sydney. It's in Melbourne now. Oh, it oh, was it's in Sydney. going to Melbourne now. Um, there's Billy Elliot still on. What else is still on? Chicago's got not that much longer to go. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is on in Melbourne for a ridiculously long amount of time. It's still going. It's still going, and it's still going for a really long time. Every time I look at the date that it's planning to end on, I'm always like, Are you? how did you book out a theatre for that long? Um, but, yes, it's still going. Um, what else? Uh, Come From Away is already gone. Um I'm pretty sure Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is over as well. But, y- you know, there's musicals around. Um, but the Book of Mormon is probably one of my favorites. Um, and it's right up there. So thank you, Ben, for telling us about your experience. Not a problem. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. When we get back, we might talk a little bit more about Spring Awakening. And then we'll uh, start to bid you a very good night on this anthology, Volume 14. In the meantime, this is a song. This is Memories by Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. 
Cheers to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. 'Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. 'Cause the drinks bring back all the memories, and the memories bring back memories, bring back your. There's a time that I remember when I did not know no pain, when I believed in forever and everything would stay the same. Now my heart feels like December when somebody say your name, 'cause I can't reach out to call you, but I know I will one day. Yeah. Everybody hurts sometimes, everybody hurts someday, yeah, yeah. but everything gon' be alright. Raise a glass and say, hey. Cheers to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. 'Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. 'Cause the drinks bring back all the memories, and the memories bring back memories, bring back your. There's a time that I remember when I never felt so lost, and I felt all of the hatred was too powerful to stop. And my heart feels like an ember, and it's lighting up the dark. I'll carry these torches for you, and you know I'll never drop. Yeah, everybody hurts sometimes, everybody hurts someday. Everything gon' be alright. Gonna raise a glass and say, hey. Cheers to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. 'Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. 'Cause the drinks bring back all the memories, and the memories bring back memories, bring back your. Memories by Maroon Five. Welcome back to Anthology Volume Fourteen on One Hundred Six Point Nine Tune FM, where I think we're going to be wrapping up a little bit early. Um, in case you didn't get the announcement uh, earlier on, a couple of weeks ago now, uh, the official runtime of Anthology is being cut down. Um, we used to run officially, quote unquote, from seven till nine. Um, we never quite ever filled that out, and that was not because there wasn't stuff. It's just that two hours is a long time in radio terms. Um, and particularly right now, I think the reason is that um, trimester three, no one's around. There's no theater units going on. All the people who are in colleges are have gone home, wherever that is, generally a long way away. Um, and then we had the gap in between the trimesters where everyone's gone home and there's no one here. It's just hard to get guests. There's not a lot of theater going on. So it's kind of just coming on the radio and saying the same things over and over again. Not that we have any problem with coming on and saying, get your tickets for Spring Awakening, but you know, you don't create a new interesting show every 
week with that. As much as interesting as you are, James. <laughs> just leaving me in silence here. Oh, absolutely. It's very funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's yeah. So um, I'm a professional. Apologies for the, the shortened length. It will probably be the same next week as well because next week is also O week. Um, yep. So yeah, busy. everyone is going to be hella busy. I'm going to be hella busy. I'm still going to endeavour to pull together a show um, as best I can. Of course, Ben's back next week. And Ben is back next week, and he's going to have a lot to talk about from his European adventures, I'm sure. So that'll help uh, put together a show of some sort. And once, uh, like, yeah, new first-year theatre cohort is in, we invite them, some of them to come and um, appear as guests on the show and all of the people who are theatre regulars who are college students who are off in their various different parts of the world are back to appear on the show yet again you know we'll be able to fill out that hour and a half um but yes we've officially cut it down from 7 till 8 30 um currently it's 8 10 and i 8 12 actually no it's 8 10 this is 8 12 yeah well it's wrong um because the radio says 8 10 it's about to be 8 11 um i i don't think i'm too upset about going just over an hour during times like this where we just can't get guests and honestly like there's not a lot of theatre going on either. Um, everyone's still hyping up. Well, I, I think this time in general is all full of... Er, all of us are preparing for uni. Oh, yeah. Like we're all preparing for trimester one while also doing everything else that we're doing. There's also a lot of... There's not a lot of time to go to the theatre. Yeah, there really isn't. And it's 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 a difficult time of year to be pulling together a show about it. So... Hopefully, uh, once theatre people are back and everyone's kind of into a groove with university and there's a few shows going on here and there, then um, we'll be able to pull together an, a 90-minute show a, a little bit more easily. But, um, yeah, we uh, I'm not going to lie. I've been struggling for the last few weeks um, getting, getting together. I, I'm honestly a little bit stunned that tonight was over an hour. Um, that's... It was movie review, spring awakening review. I was delighted to hear that Ben had been to the Book of Mormon because I was like, that's content. Um, <laughs> theatre news, and that was about it. I was like, oh, we're going to be done by eight. But no. Um, look, it's been a pleasure to be with you again. Uh, we'll be back next week. I, As I said, it might still be slightly shorter than usual for volume 15 because um, O-Week, I'm going to be exhausted, honestly. Um, we'll do what we can. And then uh, hopefully it won't take us too long when, once Trimester 1 starts to uh, actually have some stuff to talk about. But you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. I might leave you with the wonderful tunes for the rest of the night. I'll be back with you as your regular announcer from 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. And uh, stay tuned because there's plenty more coming up right throughout the week as we build into O-Week. Yeah. Plug your show. Yeah, um, on Friday nights from 6pm there's the weekly review, tune in to listen to the latest and greatest music um, Myself, Kim and Nick will be on air, it's a great time to tune in, feel free to send us messages and complain if you don't like our list I reserve the right to ignore you if you disagree with me too much though um, Yeah, it's just a good time. I've been trying really hard to um, tune into the show I, at the moment Tune's having a little bit of problems with uh, having to change over the provider of our streaming service which is, appears to be working for some people and not working for others. Yeah, and I'm and last one of week the it actually wasn't on because we had a um, 
mm. a thing. One of our announcers had a date, another one was busy, and then I was stuck out of town due to flooding, so... Didn't happen, yeah. Really I've been trying very hard flooding? to tune in. I was somewhere where it was raining lots. <laughs> James doesn't feel comfortable disclosing his location at I'm any given time. I'm not going to tell you where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret mission. I've got places to be. <laughs> You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. We will call it early. Um, I have been Jake. That has been James. And that has been Ben. Only occasionally. <laughs>